Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, Special Operations Military News, and Straight Talk with the Guys in the Community. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Soft Rep Radio. I am your host, Rad. Before I introduce my next guest, who took us Two days to get together. See, today's the 31st of July, and for him, it's the 1st of August. But I'll get into that just in a second. We have a book club at SoftRep, and it's softrep.com forward slash book hyphen club. Go check it out. We have a lot of authors, a lot of people who've written books that we have in that collection, and we want to share that with you. So check out the book club and also the merch store. If I didn't say it, I would be doing myself a disservice the gas fireplace stays on because of the merch store. You hear me say it all the time. So thank you for buying those little trinkets and things of us. We appreciate it. And thanks to Brandon Webb, as always. Go check out Cold Fear. Blind Fear just came out from Brandon Webb. So make sure you go check out that from John David Mann and Brandon Webb. Blind Fear, brand new, out on the bookshelves at your favorite local bookstore. Now, without any further ado, today's guest is none other than Damian Porter, former SAS Special Air Service, I believe out of New Zealand, he's going to correct me, and I'm going to guess he's D Squadron, but I'm not going to say 22. What are you? Welcome. Hey, man, Red, thank you so much. Yeah, dude, uh, New Zealand SAS at the time, it was uh, First New Zealand Special Air Service Group. I was a commando in D Squadron at the time, actually. Our unit was formed in 2005. It was called the Counter-Terrorist Tactical Assault Group, and then it moved on to being renamed as Commandos. And we can talk about the distinction there between SAS, badge, green roll operators and commando operators, two different sort of things. But now D Squadron and yeah, man, all the way from New Zealand. And, you know, the, our heritage literally goes back with 2-2, uh, back to the Iranian embassy siege and all the black roll stuff. My role was just... just like with that. the no gloves, right? No gloves, right? <laughs> Is that the no gloves, right? The Iran siege and... The no gloves, right? What's his name? Um, hold on. I know it. I tried to get him on the show. But I do have a friend from 22. 
uh, but he's out of England. Is that, uh, is, do you guys work together? If you guys were 20, did you know Phil Campion? Did oh, you hear Phil. Him? So I've been trying to get Phil on the show. Nice guy. Um, oh, no kidding. Yeah, straight up. Uh, he's got such an amazing story. Um, so New Zealand, Australia, and British Special Air Service, you know, literally what Delta was was based on, on 2-2. We all collaborate. Um, we had a guy from 2-2 come over and uh, do some uh, training exercise with us for about two or three months, and he went on to the A squadron at the time, the, uh, the badge SAS operators. Yeah, it's great to collaborate. The things he told me, I can't tell them. They're still, um, they're still a uh, secret. Mm-hmm. For the listeners, we'll call it confidential, but the the classic, uh, the actual briefing was uh, secret. But the things he told us about how you take down jumbo jets, which I don't even know if they're in operation anymore, was brilliant. Those guys, the leaders in hostage rescue, absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Counter-terrorist uh, hostage rescue going after it. Yeah. Oh, man. Boy, yeah, SAS, right? Just that right there, that special air service. And not only that, it's not just like in the UK and in England. It's in New Zealand and Australia. Uh, they're commonwealths, right? Exactly. You know, we're the, um, we used to call ourselves the Queen's Killers. Now it's the King's Killers. And I've been out for a long time. I left, yep. the, I left the unit in 2009. But, you know, I was just reading – I was reading a book Eric Miari's uh, sent me, uh, Killer Elite. And it was the only book written on his um, his unit, and the prefaces on the Delta and the um, Iranian Tehran uh, hostage rescue debacle. And, oh, you know, right. Charlie Beckwith went to two two on exchange, and then come back from that created Delta Force. Concurrently, a SAS a two two SAS officer and sergeant went to America, and they schooled those guys in, in hostage rescue. And they are the world leaders. They're, they're phenomenal, and uh, you know. We, the poor cousins, but we do the best we can with what we got where we are. And New Zealanders are well known for um, making do and uh, making things pretty good. What color is your beret? What color do you wear? Is it tan? Yeah, so we wear the um, the sandy beret or tan, if you call it in America. Sandy beret. My my squadron uh, unit was formed, not the unit, sorry, the... um, the squadron was formed in 2005, and we wear a mm. Trinity badge, which is actually made by my uh, good friend, Handsome Rob. He invented that. It's a the silver ferns. I'm wearing the all-black silver fern now, but two silver ferns. All right. And it's uh, got the commando dagger and uh, also a um, crossed taihars, which are a Māori, indigenous population in New Zealand, a Māori wooden spear. And it's called the tri-service emblem because it's, Air Force, Navy, Army, which, of course, we recruit from in New Zealand's mm-hmm. Special Air Service. And we had to redo, had to make a badge. We, we sort of invented ourselves as we were formed in 2005. Our squadron was formed, Red, because around that time, all the, uh, the top operators in the world, as well as New Zealand SAS, were leaving and going and making all the gold in Iraq. They were making all the money mm-hmm. private contracting. The manpower mm-hmm. went down so much they start to lose enough people to man the team. And those people that are military-minded for soft rep here, you've got to have a certain amount of num- number on the on the team for a, a counter-terrorist and hostage rescue role. They had to form us, and they trained us on black role only. We did that. So we're the guys in black coming with the helicopters, blowing the, the charges on the door and, and doing their job. The guys in black. Yeah, The there's a video game specifically. My friend Matt Hellyer, he's also former SAS out of England, Matt Hellyer. I was sitting there having lunch with him in England one day, and I was like, you know, my favorite character in the video game Counter-Strike is the counter-terrorist in the full SAS loadout with the gas mask and an MP5. And he's like, he sits down, and we're sitting there having something to eat, uh, and he scrolls on his phone. He's like, like this. <laughs> and he shows me this picture, and it's him. I was like, oh, you're my favorite. Oh, that's my favorite, you know? And, so it's really cool to know that you guys are the guys, the good guys in black are coming in. I'm glad you're on my side. <laughs> Dude, I've got to tell you a, okay. a quick story. Um, my boy here, I've got an eight-year-old boy. He was playing, uh, he got the Nerf guns out. He loaded them all up the other day. And the rule is um, he's got to wear goggles. He's got Nerf goggles. And yeah. he said, oh, do you want, I said, oh, do you want a battle? He goes, oh, you haven't got, you haven't got Nerf goggles. So I went and got my gas mask. I got my gas mask and we're playing Nerf battles through the house. <laughs> That's like what we do here. We do uh, airsoft war games of the same sort. We have these airsoft replica guns that shoot plastic BB projectiles on semi or full auto. Everything you can think of. MP5, MP5K, MP5A5, everything railed out. Any HK, M4, M16, they all make that replica of it, right? And that's something very cool. There's very many loadouts that are based off of SAS. There's British DPM yeah. that has been, you know, the loadout of airsofters worldwide. Yeah. 
right? Worldwide, people want to look like SAS. Why? Because you're badass, bro. They started it, man. You know, um, I'm literally, I, I got out of the car from school drop-off and I'm listening to an audio book and it's by Damien Lewis, a very famous author for uh, Special Forces, especially British Special Forces, called Rogue, I've forgotten the exact name, but it's it's uh, the book that the the series Rogue Heroes is based on. And it's the um, start of, of um, Special Forces in this modern world. And it was uh, the start of the British SAS and the Long Range Desert Group. Yeah, is you've got to look at the history. The rats, desert rats, maybe. Like, yeah. So the desert rat, desert rats, his name, right? uh, the desert rat was a nickname for uh, pa- for Paddy Main, yeah. for one one operator, Paddy Main. Oh. Now Paddy is a slang nickname for an, an Irish uh, man, but his name is Blair Paddy Wayne. Went on to become a captain or possibly a major eventually, but he was one of the originators of the SAS, and he was called the Desert Rat, and that's where the Desert Rats sort of uh, nickname came from. Oh. Off of his branches, he's 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 the culprit of the desert rat. Exactly, right. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Well, we'll give him a shout out here, and handsome Rob, of course, for creating oh. uh, an awesome, you know, flash for your belly, yeah. which is different than the Big Phil's. I think Big Phil has like wings yep. with an arrow, yep. so but not like a feather. The, the winged dagger, or with a sword. the winged dagger, yeah. and that was what um, right. David Sterling, the creator of the the British SAS, invented. He he uh, he wrote he, he drew that up. And that's, um, yeah, it's a different badge. So that's our parent unit was New Zealand SAS Group, which has the winged dagger. Uh, and uh, both British and New Zealand have the same colouring. Uh, Australian SAS has a gold one. There's some reasoning behind that. Mm-hmm. I won't go into that too much in case I make a mistake. Mm-hmm. But um, sure, no because we weren't SAS operators, which are the full long-range reconnaissance, uh, DAs, direct action missions, all those things, because we only did that, that specialised role, we had our own role and we had our own uh, own badge that we all operators uh, from the aware the uh, Sanberry. Now, now you said you got out of the military, right? Quote unquote in 2009, mm-hmm. but you still look like you got some guns on your arms there. <laughs> and, and if I didn't mention it before, you're the how not to die guy. Okay. So, you know, it's Damien Porter, the how not to die guy seems to still be alive with advice on how not to die. <laughs> so we should listen to him. Because he's done probably a lot of fast ropes, a lot of fast missions, a lot of things where he could have tripped and fell, let alone get shot. Yeah. You know? Really? You know it, man. Right? You know it. And, and gosh, gosh, Red, you've just reminded me. I was over here in Perth in 2018. I read that one of our operators coming out of a dual mission with um, U.S. Uh, Special Forces, fast roping onto our um, uh, simulation building, he fell off the top mm-hmm. three stories up and died. Like – See that's this yeah. is this is a dangerous world. Now, I'll digress slightly. For most people in the world, driving their car is the most dangerous thing they will ever do. And I don't say that lightly. It is a dangerous thing. I, as a firefighter, I'm a firefighter yes. now. I, I go to a lot of crashes, but that's probably the most dangerous thing you'll ever do. I interviewed um, Greg Pup Johnson, a, a New Zealand SAS operator. Uh, worked along, uh, worked in the, in the same unit with him, and. Everything we do, every choice we make, uh, day-to-day training is life or death. Do I pull the trigger? Yes, no. Do I hang on to this a certain mm-hmm. way? It's all life and death questions and answers that you ask of yourself. And I went on to become how not to die a guy because, like GBRS Group says, I love doing that knowledge transfer. I love passing on my, my knowledge and experience from special forces and policing, which I went into, to allow mm-hmm. other people to not go through that. You know, if I can teach a housewife to lock her car door and look around a little bit when she's parked at a red light and she doesn't get mm-hmm. carjacked, brilliant. I don't want her to have to go mm-hmm. hands-on and chop throats and gouge eyes. I want people not to get hurt from using my knowledge and experience and helping them out. And so many of us out there are, are doing that. I think it's uh, it's paying it forward and it's something that we, we should do. No, it is. And it's and driving is dangerous here in Utah on our freeway system here. People going 85 miles an hour. The kilometers escape me. It's probably like up to 200 kilometers, right? It's super 160 kilometers. <laughs> you know, it's up yeah, there, yeah. right? They're just swerving it out. And then you got the guys on the bullet bikes. And I know everybody loves a motorcycle, a good fast crotch rocket, yeah. but where's your helmet? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? You know, you, did you read the manual? Yeah. Yeah. Before you drove it, did you get the license before you bought it? Did you just get on it out of pure adrenaline and excitement? And, you know, now you're 19 years old and you're just driving it so fast. 
No, it's uh, they're bullets. You, you nailed it there. They're, they're dangerous things. And gosh, you've got to be clever. I, I mean, I love what Pat Max says. Uh, Pat McNamara, a, a Delta Force guy and a friend now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're the um, be your own executive protection, and then be executive protection for the people in your car. You know, that driving is a responsibility for me. Locking the the house up at night is a responsibility for me for the people right. I I um I love and that I take care of. And even more importantly for yourself, but a lot of us really don't look after ourselves, which I, I try and give that nice information in what I do, you know, lock your door, here's how to use your phone, here's how to look around, all these little safe, simple things that are not scary, and to look after yourself. A little situational awareness of our own selves, yeah. you know, protecting ourselves helps protect those around us, right? Yeah, it's so, absolutely. I totally pulled my headset out of my head. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Now, let me ask you something, okay? Let's say you got somebody who knows some skills, and they are just riding home on a subway, and somebody's on that subway, and that person knows his skill set, and he probably shouldn't even get involved in anything, right? Just keep to himself, but somebody gets involved and maybe goes into like a rear naked chokehold that they were taught. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this this is kind of like a story that happened here in New York recently, uh, where a former military person who had skills... Mm -hmm subdued somebody who was freaking out on the train wanting something to eat and screaming and bantering when do you not get involved when do you get involved what's your thoughts i've always been taught just get off the x you know if there's a situation can you get away from it yeah i I did a video on this because of the oh actually i'm writing the article for soft rep off the back of the video for the um, auckland uh, active shooter last week and i was stunned at at Mm -hmm. that so look (laughs) And I said a joke in that video, a black humor joke. There's a famous story about um, two guys in the African savannah and then a lion pops out and he starts running them down. And the first guy reaches down and starts to tie his running shoes up really tight. And the other guy looks down at him and says, what are you doing? You can't outrun that tiger. And the guy, oh, sorry, the lion. And the guy says, mate, I don't have to unrun, outrun the lion. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> so yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So you, yes, you should should get off the X. You should just run out of the building. You should just uh, get away from that guy in the subway. That that guy's freaking out and and uh, mentally ill and or on drugs. That's protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. However, and this is the issue, Rad. Anybody mm-hmm. that's been in the military of any kind, we were brainwashed to turn towards danger and not to run away. 
and I say brainwashed, and I use it in an aggressive way, I, I suggest, because that's so different than everybody else. Everybody else will run away, turn their back. We turn towards danger, so we have trained in us, and some people had it before they went into the military, we have a, um, an obligation to help others. The Sergeant Major of the Army, of the New Zealand Army, sorry, um, Widamu Moffat, who I, sure. I uh, interviewed and was in, actually my assault sergeant in New Zealand SAS, his job is to help others. It's a quote from him, and I couldn't believe it. I thought, that's such a great thing to say, the, the top soldier in the Army. So going back to your exact example, do we get off the X? Yeah, absolutely. If you can live with that afterwards, if you've got some skills and you can walk away, sure thing. However, when you do decide to use those skills, you have to be able to upgrade and downgrade. So you may be choking him and then he pulls out a knife and you may break his neck. That's upgrading. You may be choking him and he's compliant and you may actually roll them over into an, uh, something else. I don't know these things. I'm not a jujitsu guy. I, sure, I'm, sure. No, no. Right, I'm, right. I'm a, a close combat guy. I teach, I teach World War II combatives modernized. But you may have, to, have yeah. to upgrade and downgrade these things. And this is the issue. That Marine, I believe he was, he, mm-hmm. he held him for about 10 minutes. He wasn't choking him. Held him for a long time. He had him in taught control and restraint, perhaps, like a police officer did, because... Mm-hmm. A New Zealand soldier's role is to kill or capture the enemy. That's their role. A police officer's job is to protect life and property. That's a West Australian police officer. Mm-hmm. I can only speak from my experience. That sounds right here. Um, look, yeah, I was about to say. When we're in a situation as police, you're either going to protect yourself, so self-defense, protect others, or you're just trying to put the guy in cuffs, which is not trying to kill him. So... You've mm-hmm. got to be able to upgrade and downgrade what you're doing depending on the situation. And unfortunately, Red, those situations change like that. Right. I'll give you one example of upgrading and downgrading. And I believe a special forces operator or a SWAT operator can downgrade easy because upgrading you can't. You only fall back a little bit. Some of that brainwash that you used a little bit is in you there to upgrade down. Yeah, but you know, you, you fall back to level of, your level of training. If you've never up, if you never upgraded any training, you can't do that. So I'll give, it, sure. I'll give you one example, a personal example. I don't think I've ever said it on video. I was at my house, which is uh, kind of uh, surrounded by fences and a gate. It's just the layout. And nine o'clock at night, I'm watching TV uh, with my, my partner at the time, and I hear this crash. I quickly go and put my boots on and get my war belt. Now, we're not armed over here. We don't carry pistols and things. There's a couple of things there. I had cuffs, and I had a torch and something else. Which is a flashlight. Yeah. A flashlight is a torch, for those of you that are listening. It's not an actual torch. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Let me be clear. I, I think I'm interpreting that I love correctly. that. Okay. I really do. Um, yes, yes, yes. So I get my boots, because you can't <laughs> fight without footwear, and I got my um, I got my cuffs. Uh, sorry, I got my uh, belt. It's got a few mm-hmm. things. And I rush out, and I see this guy s- scrambling up over a fence to get out of our area. And I put two and two together and I just yelled at him. I gave him some orders and he stopped where he was. He had the shock of capture. I, I went to go put hands on him and I realized he was a 16 year old. And by the words he was saying, he said to the words of the effect, Hey, I'm freaking out on DHT or some drug, some hallucinogenic. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm freaking out. So immediately I went to from, I've got to go and control and restrain a bad guy to, Hey, it's okay. I calmed him down, and I call, we started calling an ambulance for him. So we went from I'm going to go yeah. smash a guy who knows what it is to I um, have to now actually get medical aid. And this is now a 16 year old, not a, an adult. I've got to look after this guy. And we turned out getting the ambulance, getting the police, getting his mum. You've got to be able to upgrade, downgrade. And he, of course, he never got cuffed. So there's one real world example, Red, of maybe answering your question in a different way, I would suggest that Marine could have got some people to hold down his legs and hold down his arms and sit him up safely and, and talk to him in a different way. Yeah, maybe just have a different uh, approach than just probably straight uh, blindside. I wasn't there. I wasn't in the subway, yeah. but I can imagine just like, quick, it was real quick and he was not going to have any more yeah. of it. And it's it's now within the systems of the United States courts and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I just think that it's a it's like, you know, Brandon, our friend Brandon Webb runs the site, Navy SEAL. He, I'm going to speak from one of his experiences that he talked about was at JFK Airport. And there was, all of a sudden he gets off the plane and uh, he's waiting to get out and go to his luggage. And all of a sudden there's this shots fired. Yeah. Someone's yelling it. They're screaming it. And cops are running around uh, with their guns out. Yep. And he says he got flagged by the police like two, three different times. Yep. You know, just them alone. Yep. And he was like, I... 
do not want to be in here. This is not for me. And I think somebody on the internet one time said to him, well, if you had a concealed carry, you could have took care of it because you're a Navy SEAL sniper. He said, if I had a gun on me and I had pulled it out to do anything, I would have been shot by the police because they were so like not upgraded. They were just like, huh. Uh, uh. Thank you. That's so important you said that. There's an example here, and I gave this example on the, the French playground stabbing. Female police officer, so she's fully trained, an, an actual operational police officer. Her and her partner rolled up to a domestic incident. The male of the domestic incident started fighting with her male partner, rolling around on the verge, the grass lawn outside the house. She ran to her police car and locked herself inside and left her partner to, to get smashed in by this guy. That's not yeah. her fault. That's a training issue. She had never seen a real fight with actual violence, and so she ran away from it. She hadn't upgraded to that, and that was exposure. And those cops were not put in life-threatening situations with having guns. Again, I don't blame them. I blame them the, the people who trained them. It's a training issue, and that's what, again, it goes back to 10 minutes ago. I would want people to, you know, the housewife to – learn from my experiences and my exposure of them to that. It's it's self-defense. It's everything from how you carry your keys, right? Like, you know, getting in and out of the car. We've probably seen it or heard it or seen it on your social media scrolls, like some self-defense thing, but it's real. You can put your keys in your fist to have them sticking through like my pencil is right there. If you had a pencil, look at that. <laughs> pencil, right? Look at that thing. Uh, uh, I love the pen. Where's the nearest vampire? Well, there's, there's John Wick uh, action, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, right there. You know, there's a there's a funny thing. I did a movie called Firestarter Rekindled, and it has this guy named Malcolm McDowell in it, and he was in a movie called Clockwork Orange, and uh, he's the main guy in Clockwork Orange, and he's from the UK. But he was filming in Utah, and I was playing the dad to the Firestarter for the Stephen King novel yeah. for Sci-Fi Channel, and he has to shove one of these in my ear. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you behind the scenes, spoiler alert, there's, it's a shunt. It's a shunt. So what it is is it's supposed to collapse. So it looks full size yeah. and inside of it is a blood pellet. And so he's supposed to shove it into my ear as if he kills me and I'm strapped into this chair. He actually shoves it into my ear oh, no. and the blood that comes out of my ear is my blood. No. So yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why that the pencil, the John Wick thing, you know, there's some PTSD for <laughs> filming a movie. Look, you know, funny. I also have another, I have a New Zealand connection with a movie I'm in. Yeah. Do you know the motorcyclist Burt Monroe? I do. I love that movie. I actually, I watched that movie, The World's Fastest yeah. Indian, in the middle of my training. Indian, that's right. I am. Uh, I had. I had a small little like featured extra role in that, but I'm on the salt flats as a official with the white and blue shirt, and the whole time with Tony Hopkins, and uh, you know, uh, as he's playing Burt Monroe and the director. Oh my gosh, I just went a blank. He's like the largest landowner in New Zealand. Oh. Roger Donaldson. Oh wow. Yeah, he's like one of the largest landowners over there. Wow. Just buying it up all the time, all the time. He made a, a few good – no, he made a No Way Out with Kevin Costner. Yep. I don't know if you ever saw that where he was like this, the Russian spy in the military. Wow. Tell me something now. Do you do film or television? Have you ever? Uh, <laughs> there was a documentary made on uh, New Zealand SAS, and they followed us around for years and filmed that. I haven't done any um, film or television, I don't think. I was in an, in an advertisement once, a little uh, extras role in an ad, but no, nothing uh, nothing like you have, my friend. Oh, no, no, no. It's all fun and games, you know? I mean, you look like you got some guns that would show up like Arnold on the, <laughs> on, on the screen, you know what I'm saying, bro? Like that whole like – Dylan and Dutch in Predator, you know, where they're like grabbing arms together. Oh, uh, no. So, so how do you how do you maintain that? Oh, thanks for asking. How do you maintain your physique? Yeah, yeah. look, I just turned fifty years old. All I can oh. say is just keep doing uh, something. You know, when I was young, I was a bodybuilding champion, natural. I was only young and a little. Okay, uh, I was a Pan Pacific, so international bodybuilding champion, and, and I just kept going. Um, how tall are you? Just tell tell my listener how tall you are. They might relate. Uh, so I'm old. So I say in feet and inches. I'm five foot eight. And I'm six foot five. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> just to give us, just to give our listener a little bit, you yeah. know, like if you're out there and you're five foot five, five foot eight, five foot nine, this dude here is doing everything that you might want to be going to do too. Yeah. Look, you, I'm just saying you're, you've got to stay yeah. in shape. And, and, uh, I was at the, I've got my garage gym out the back and sometimes I go to a, a little gym on the beach from, I've got a membership there because I'm rehabbing an injury. And this guy said to me, Oh, what sport do you play? And I'd actually taken my little boy there. He was sitting there um, reading and playing Lego while I was exercising in the corner. And he, I, I looked over at my boy and said, actually, 
I train for him. And I train for my boy that I can pick him up and save him when I need to. And it's nice. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a saying one of my guests say, uh, I'm not vain, but I'm not not vain. It's nice to look good. Right. But my the way I look is a side effect of my training, which I'll, I'll answer your question on, not that I'm training for how I look. So I lift about um, four times a week, five times a week. Mm-hmm. It's mainly upper body because I, I had a broken ankle for some time. I'll train um, Tabata uh, bike and I'll train uh, – uh, the ski erg and row and, and put circuits together. But 30 to 60 minutes every day, I'd say I, I do. And that's not that long. It's important to do that. And I, I eat right as well. Yeah, you are watching what you eat, right? Health and wellness is a big part of, of you. Is that correct? Yeah, I taught that for many years. Thank you. And, and I love passing on that knowledge, but it's not rocket science. We all know what to eat, really. We don't need a doctor to tell us or some crazy diet book. And what to drink, water, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Water's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it simple. Like, funny, just before you, just before I got on with you today, I was watching somebody talk about how many 77 grams of sugar equals in sugar cubes or how many teaspoons in a cup, you know, in a glass. And it was for, uh, you know, we have Mountain Dew over oh, here, wow. which is, I don't know if it's allowed. I don't know if that's allowed over in Australia because it's got yellow number five, yeah. right? So there's a lot of things that aren't allowed over there. But Coca-Cola, you know, is Coca-Cola good or is Diet Coke better? And so the guy was doing, uh, he's a diabetic and he's going over both. Yeah. And one's got aspartame and doesn't spike his blood yeah. sugar as much. Still probably not good for you. The other thing was Coke which had like 22 sugar cubes oh. per serving, per serving, 22 sugar cubes. Yep. He put them in a glass. He's like, this is basically what you're That's drinking, insane. 22 sugar cubes. He's like, forget that, just drink water. Yep. But he's on the you know one of those scrolls that I see. Yep. And I myself have started boxing. I've been boxing. Big Phil, my friend, Big Phil from SAS. Yep. He's constantly boxing. I saw his fight. His, I saw the celebrity SAS versus America fights the other day. Oh, right. Yeah, I hosted that. Oh, my gosh. That's that? amazing. Yeah, and, and I love that that would uh, draw a lot of them. You know, dude, ugh, some of them got uh, – the one dude who got his nose shattered, okay, and yeah. he was staying at our flat that night. I don't know how any of the guys wanted to keep going out. We were like east side of London, and they're like, hey, it's 3 in the morning. Now let's go out. And the other dude's like, I think I should go to the doctor. And I was like, we're in a foreign country. We're American – veterans that are beat up why in a hospital this is not our war today you gotta suck this up for the plane ride tomorrow so you know it it does scramble you a little bit though these guys are hard and you know dudes that the sas guys were bigger than the navy seal guys yeah we had a delta force guy uh travis kraus was there and then boy all their names delgado now he's a big dude former marine recon and when those two were fighting delgado that's right jason delgado That's right. Let's give him a positive shout out, right? He's a he's a, he's a stud. And then there was like uh, Eric Davis, all these guys. Just hey, Eric Davis from um, that that I interviewed. Yes, you must have interviewed Eric. Yeah, former sniper for. Uh, yeah, he fought. <laughs> yeah, he fought, dude. Oh yeah, Eric fought. I sat right with him, talking to him, and we were having a beer. And actually, here's how it went down. We were meeting for the team fight in London. Everybody's rallying up at this restaurant. It's probably yeah. 2016. 2017 right around 2016 and everybody's meeting for the first time to know everybody and i'm at the end of it at the end of the table and brandon's at the other end and i'm over by eric eric's at the head brandon's at the other end so i'm sitting right next to eric and the waitress comes over she's like do you want a drink and i was like yeah i'll have a beer and uh we were talking and he's like wait didn't you say you were a mormon rad i was like yeah (laughs) he's like i'll have a beer too (laughs) and i was like what he's like yeah i'm mormon too but you know when there's two of us together it's like is one of them drinking the other one so not to say anything bad but that's how i got to know eric all right and then after that i've just become friends with him and he's a you know i mean anybody that can uh push chris kyle into the ground and try to make him quit seal sniper course that's the guy it's him you know and uh so many famed people that he in the military community that he oversaw people who didn't even get notoriety right yeah exactly no one talks about right like there's no movie (laughs) <laughs> not ever going to be a movie that didn't happen this wasn't here you don't know about this there's a thing in your brain that blows up if you talk about it you know <laughs> yeah eric's a great guy it was an honor to, to have him on the show is just yeah love talking to him and font of knowledge but there's two things that comes out of our conversation there one is self-defense and the other is sports neither mm-hmm. of those uh, are related to um, winning a, a violent confrontation self-defense there's no such thing self-defense is illegal this is 
for the listeners, it's a legal defense in court. That's what that is. If you're going to a self-defense school, it's it's a marketing term. I don't teach self-defense. I teach Europe, I, I teach World War II combatives. I teach my special forces training experience mm-hmm. and, and, and a police experience. Self-defense, if you're defensive, you're just being a little ball. You have to win. There's no such thing. And the other was um, sports. You know, boxing is a great sport, but one guy broke his nose and then the other had a draw. That's not going to work. So there's a huge difference between sports and, and all the people in this world that are of any caliber uh, speak to it. Um, Michael Don Vito speaks to it. Uh, Tony Blauer, all those sort of people. You know, c- sport is great, but there's no rules in sports. So when the bad guy says, hey, give me a wallet or I'll kill you, and you give him his wallet and then he stabs you, you can't go, oh, you didn't play by the rules. He's a criminal. You know, don't believe the bad guy. And if you're going to go into a fist fight with someone, which I don't know why you would, and the other guy pulls out a knife and stabs you, and you think that's unfair, you really need to take a a good look at your surroundings. Bad guys don't play by the rules, and, and sport is not a real fight. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago street course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. You know, it's funny you said that. I, I talked to you a little bit about my dad being former Green Beret, etc. He taught me when I was a little kid. He said, if you're ever in a fight, you just grab the balls or whatever is there because there's no rules in a fight. There is no mm. fair fight. He said there is no fair fight. And, and the fact that you're saying that right now just reiterates what dad said. There is no fair fight. There might be a pencil on the ground out of your school books. Flam. I'm not saying anything, <laughs> but I'm just saying if you're. Yeah, I don't want to get into any type of a uh, fisticuffs altercation with anyone. No, I want to. I want to have a nice um, a discussion. We're having a nice discussion that could That's turn right. into a, an angry discussion, which people might call an argument. But if you want to fight, someone's going to end up in hospital or dead. Because right. why would we? Why would we go to to hands on? Now, especially with females, it's an ambush attack. It's hands on straight away. But if you're if you let your ego get involved and you go to to then put hands on someone or they put hands on you, you've just lost it straight. You lost the game straight away and you, and you might not go home that night to your family. Um, you know, it's, there's just no such thing as a fair fight. There's, there's a, a quote you can put out, but I want to teach people, Hey, walk away or mm-hmm. protect yourself immediately and, and eliminate that threat. Uh, and I don't want people to, to have to be there. If we can use, as you said, sort of 20 minutes ago, situation awareness, we mm-hmm. see things a little bit more, Let's pass the knowledge on to those people who haven't been trained like us, Reid. Mm-hmm. That's right. No, just knowing a little bit more, head on a swivel, just looking to your right, looking to your left at every stoplight before I go through it. Even if it turns green on me, I'm like, eh, let me just take a quick look. I don't care about anybody behind me because it's yeah. me. 
Yeah. You know, if they're like, honk, honk, get going. I'm not texting. I promise. Don't honk at me for that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure it's clear to, dr- to, tr- to go through the intersection. And I saw that today on the way to school. We saw someone not give way at a give way sign and almost take out the Maserati that we had the right of way. I'll, I'll ask you a question, Brad. How safe did you feel going out at night with all those special forces guys and the, the, the vibe they put out and seeing what they saw? I felt really safe, okay, because I learned it's not my war from Eric Davis. And that was because we were standing in front of a chips and fish and chip shop, fish and uh, chips, some, yeah. some kebab shop or something on the east side. And uh, all of a sudden, I was just eating my chips, right? And this drunk lady comes over, and she just looks at me, and she's wasted, and she just reaches in. I put vinegar on my stuff, and she <laughs> ate them. And I was watching this drunk chick just go to town on my chips. I was like, I don't even want them anymore, but I'm watching this, and Eric and all those guys are like, who's she? And I was like, I don't know. She's wasted wanting to eat my chips. So she spits them out because she's got vinegar, vinegar on your chips. I'm like, yeah, they're going on my fish too, man. That's my fries. (laughs) Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, this dude goes running out of the corner of my eye up the street and just floors it into this dude's face out of nowhere. His face is spurting blood. Then he kicks him onto the curb. And Eric Day, and I was like, oh, my first instincts are what? Oh, shit. What just, I should help. I should give care. Yeah. Davis hit me on the shoulder, said, not our war. Let's move. And I was like, walking away, looking over my shoulder, like not our war, you know, poor guy, not our war. He didn't cause that guy jumped him. All of a sudden, you know, you got the, the, the police, the peers coming through. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, not our war. As soon as I saw those blue checkers, I was like, not us, not America. I can't talk back to those cops. Not my war. Not my passport to hand over. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, what yeah. are you doing in this violent thing with all these Navy SEALs? So, yeah, situational awareness. You know, we were walking. Yeah. It was like 3 in the morning. And we're, I would have not wanted to mess with that group. Yeah. That would exactly. Be the wrong they, exactly. They, they, they not only were aware of the situation, they comprehended the situation really, really well at that time of the morning. And, and that's why I pose that question to you. You know, they're seeing stuff and they're calm to a degree that others that's may right. not be. And that makes you calm. It's just great to be around. They're going to see those threats well before the other people do. And, and oh, yeah. again, you want to knowledge transfer. I want to transfer that knowledge to other people. Or like Eric Davis is upgraded. I might not have been as upgraded. And he looked <laughs> and he already knew. Rad. Yeah. You're a nice guy, bro, but not our war. Not today. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, all right. And, and that's true. I hope he hears this. I'm attacking him at Eric Davis. <laughs> hey, what's the, tell us the name. Now, your podcast is the How Not to Die Guy podcast, right? No, no. And so my no, Instagram's, uh, my Instagram's How Not to Die Guy. My podcast that, um, you know, it, we connected our, uh, eventually through Brandon Webb. What an amazing uh, guest he was. So I was so humbled to have him on. Uh, it's a straight talk, mind and muscle podcast, uh, encompassing so many things. You know, I could have a uh, mind. I could have like a, a top psychologist on, which I have, one of the yeah. top psychologists in the world. I could have muscle. I could have one of the All Blacks uh, uh, coaches on, or I could have um, mind with a Delta Force guy talking PTSD, or I could have uh, muscle with, um, say, a, a Navy SEAL talking about SEAL prep. So it encompasses right. a whole bunch of those things as well. Well, let me ask you, since you're one of the first, which many people probably don't know, I think you're one of the first like actual trainers out there that are right. One of the first personal trainers. Is that what I studied? Yeah, that's on? correct. I was one of the first personal trainers in the world at Les Mills back in like 1991. Yeah. Right. And so, so Arnold Schwarzenegger says, do you wake up and go to bed every day? And do you drink water? That's why I go to the gym. He's like, I go there because it's who I am and what I do. And someone's like, are you ever going to give up going to the gym? And he's like, do you give up sleeping and eating? You know? <laughs> it's like, it's like, so I want to bring that full forward because um, in about 40 days since I started my boxing regiment, I've been going. I've gone about 30 out of the 40 days to the gym, awesome. learning all my ones and twos and combos. And I've yep. lost about six pounds of fat. Excellent. I like watching that melt on the floor between my feet, the drips and the sweat. Okay, I love to show that. And uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, you're just saying do something, do something, be active, right? Yeah. Get, someone might be listening to this. They could be driving a lorry or a truck driver. That's what we call them over here. It might be a lorry driver. Uh, <laughs> I've learned your language. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob's your uncle, right? Is that right, too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah. king's English. Well, well done. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, 
what's a good thing for someone who wants to join the military, who's thinking about going in, who, what should they be trying to think about? You know, the guy that wants to just get into basic training and whether it's in New Zealand or the U S what's something that they should be focusing on. Is it running? Is it mental? What do you think? I think um, that fitness brings mental toughness. That's my personal opinion based on what I did to pass selection and, and everybody else that I know. Fitness is a base and then mental toughness is above that. Mm. Uh, but you can't have one without the other. Um, it's going through hard things. What I think they should focus on is um, first just start walking, uh, start getting some longer walks in and, and the weekend go for a nice hike and enjoy the view. Enjoy mm-hmm. the view when you're out there. Don't just um, put some music on and, and be in pain. Enjoy the view. Have a look around. And then progress that to running. And in between that, uh, kind of like Arnold said, you just do things. I suggest press-ups and uh, and sit-ups and chin-ups every day. Every day. You know, just make it five, five, five. Five press-ups, five chin-ups, five sit-ups, and then progress that. Me personally, I progress things each week. Uh, I, I I couldn't walk, Red. I was on crutches out of surgery, so I was at, I was b- below what a baby would be. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even crawl around and put any weight on one leg. Progression, progression is important, and give yourself that goal. But give yourself a starting point, and give yourself an end point. If the end point is getting into basic training, and they've got a run test and a press up test. You know what you got to do. See mm-hmm. where you're starting at. And then just progressively make it so. And if you want to lose weight, which you didn't ask directly. But yes, let's maybe, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, losing weight. Um, you know, that workout will burn a minimum amount of calories. Uh, even if you run your guts out for an hour, it's not a lot. I think it's 600 calories, 700 calories. I mean, go to Starbucks and get a double chocolate chip frappuccino and, or a and burger and you're going to blow window. that. Yeah. yeah. What really burns calories, and it is calories in, calories out, is what you do in the day. So again, me lying on the couch for six weeks recovering, I was burning no calories. I had to bring my food down. It was real. And now when I can move more, you, you move more. Just get out and move more through the day. Some, you know, They say the simple thing like park your car further away, but from the entrance to the store, just move more. And if the easiest way to, to measure that is get a, a $5 pedometer and get 12,000 to 14,000 steps in. That will make I mean, you lose really, weight more. It's easy, you eh? Use your cell phone. You can use your cell phone. Today's cell phones have it right there. So I bet you. <laughs> hang on. A... Hang on. I'm, oh, I'm not sure. Is that, that a <laughs> Bro, Is that got snake on it? Is that, that a is. Oh, my this gosh. Are you still? That's your phone? Yeah. So because uh, I've got the social media, I've got the online stores and things, I make sure that when I'm out and about, I can't access those things. And I've got a phone here. It's got no snake. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's got snake. <laughs> I think that's like $100,000 on eBay right now. <laughs> you might just want to Google that thing, dude. I think uh, the first generation iPhone just sold for $170,000 from 2007. Wow. I'm not even joking with you. Wow. It's a little, crazy. yeah, you might be like, well, what, how much? <laughs> Here's my Nokia. Yeah, I actually looked through my drawers to see if I can find my old AT&T and Nokia phones, dude. That's so nice. Now, yeah, look, just no, move I'm... more. Move more is the yes. important thing. Uh, and, and just easy moving. And the pedometer is the simplest way. And do some press-ups, chin-ups, and, and sit-ups or something like that. Something's going to mm-hmm. help. And you, know, you don't have to go to jail. I've got my garage with chains and uh, and weights, and I put brake discs on on the on the end of the bar the other day. I saw brake discs. Was that you? Yeah. Are they blue? Is it on your blue bar? Blue is the blue is the old um, old um, weight, and then on the outside, I changed the brake rotors in my car. I went, oh, I could use these. They might fit on the bar. <laughs> that's on your Instagram, right? I swear, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, yeah that's on that's Instagram. The how not to die guy Instagram. Yes. If you get one person to follow you from this, I hope they go and like that picture because that's where I was like, it doesn't take much. And I also saw some young man in Africa in a village trying to train to become a professional basketball player in the rain, yeah. in the heat, and no matter yep. what. But what he's using is using old plastic water bottles as his, his uh, weights for his bench press. And he's got like yep. old tires that he's like doing his stretches with and everything. But the dude is shredded. Yeah. He is shredded. He doesn't have some huge fitness gym that's around the corner that he's locked into month over month that he doesn't even use. He's yeah. literally like, yo, what's up? I'm in the rain. I'm in, he made like a, he took a piece of tin roof and folded it. So it was like a U and he put it under the basket. So when he shot the ball, it would roll back to him. No way. Oh yeah. yeah, no yeah. This dude's yeah. He's uh the things you see when you're scrolling, <laughs> you know, oh, look, like, I, I've, I've got some, um, I've got a Y bell. It's a, it's a, kind of like a kettlebell dumbbell, but 
lot, that's the other side of the story, but um, they weigh 12 kilos and I need to lift more. So I tied with some string, tied a five kilo plate on either side to it so I could have 17 kilos yesterday. Right. 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 And just I kept adapting to it. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. You know? See, I just started doing, so with this boxing, it's very cardio, calisthenics, very aerobic. You know, I didn't realize how much I was getting into with boxing, right? The techniques. Yeah. I thought, I used to make fun of boxing. I don't make fun of boxing. <laughs> I don't. The Mike Tyson fights and stuff. I, oh, you can't last with Tyson? I understand, yeah. right? Yeah. And so and so, I just learned how to do 20 complete burpees the other day. Like complete uh, kick out, yep. back uh, push up, uh, you know, burpees. Yep. But I wasn't doing them proper for about 30 days because I'm a big dude. I'm 288, but now I'm 282 and six foot five. And dropping down and pushing back my legs is a chore. Yeah. Right? And I see these other dudes in there and I was like, man, I got to do this. The other day I went and got some good athletic shorts, not my normal cargo shorts. I got some yep. stuff that will allow my junk to move freely and like have some spandex inside. Bro, I was doing burpees. Like I was so proud of myself. Every time I drip, drip, drip sweat, I was just like, I'm changing my body. <laughs> they say sweat is, sweat is fat crying. <laughs> good. Good cry. I look in the mirror and I flip my stomach off all the time. I'm like, I'm coming for you. I'm like, the only yeah. thing in front of me is you. And it's my mirror. It's this me, me. I'm the only thing that's stopping me from doing anything better for me is me. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago street course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Well, Rad, you say that I interviewed two ladies. One was 190 kilos, so that's close to 200. It's, so uh, 2.3 pounds a kilo. So you're talking about 300, 300 pounds. Yeah, 300 pounds. Yeah, because I'm about 130. I'm about 300 kilos. pounds, and, and you know, uh, five foot five. I interviewed her. She ended up. She didn't have any mirrors in her house because she didn't want to see herself. And she looked sure. in a photo. Somebody took a photo of her. And she went, oh, my God, I'm 300 pounds. She became a fitness bikini model. It just snapped her. Yeah. So she made the decision. And I interviewed mm-hmm. her for the, and I asked her this one question. Was the whole angle of the interview was, you know, is it mental or is it something else? She goes, it's a choice. I chose mm-hmm. to get rid of all the mirrors in my house and never have a photograph so I didn't have to look at myself. She then saw the photo. She chose. It's my choice to do that. Another lady, she weighed more. She weighed around about 380 pounds, and now she's down to um, about 150. Oh, and she's in people. great shape. She's lost two people. She's lost yeah, two she, people. Two so 90 she, pound people. She doubled her weight in pregnancy, after pregnancy, sorry, and she was so fat she had to um, go grocery shopping at 2 a.m. in the morning so she wouldn't be embarrassed, and she used mm-hmm. a um, motorized scooter. She made a decision 
And I, I love what you said. It's a decision because the only, you, you said the only thing stopping you is you. If mm-hmm. someone decides to make the decision to go for a selection, to join the military, to lose six uh, pounds, to start boxing, to do 14,000 steps, all these things are decisions. And if it's to be, up, it's up to me is, is a very simple quote that I think is relevant here. You know, and when you said you're not really training for like this physique or this style, you're just training for your son or for your family and the loved ones around you. I have that same vibe. I know that results will come. I can already start seeing it in like my arms and whatnot and my shoulders. I know that those results will come because I want to look like a boxer. I know what a boxer looks like. And even if it's butterbean, bro, come at me, man. Okay, (laughs) go ahead. He's solid, dude. I wouldn't fight. Butterbean's like, bam. Okay, but cardio still. Yeah. Big dude, he's like huge dude. But again, when I go over and see Big Phil or um, Rob Paxman or all these guys that were boxing, you know, Rob's my size, six five. You know, big dude, uh, and yeah. he's up there boxing. Maybe Delgado, who's like maybe six foot. Wow. You know, yeah. I mean, there, there's just a big, a big size difference between the U.S. guys and the SAS guys. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, like Jim. You know these guys I'm repping that I'm saying off the top of your yeah, head. So, you know, uh, uh, I, Jason Delgado, I've got. I can remember seeing names, and that's. I remember yeah, Delgado. Right. I linked it with Jason when I had seen it written down. And uh, Paxton I is, I think, also former twenty-two, maybe SAS, or he might be regiment. The other guy, there's another SAS guy there. He um, he was on the TV Jim. show SAS Who Dares Wins, but he's a Scotsman. Ollie. Ollie. Uh, no, there's Ollie Ollerton. He's a he's a Brit. Did yeah, he fight? Right. Okay, he did. <laughs> I did five. I've done four. I've done three of them. I've gone over to England three times with the US oh, team to host it. Nice, and it's been. It's been Ollie Ochterton. It's been uh, or Ollie, and it's been Jim. But Jim's last name's I only think of his Instagram. It's like one seven seven two. It's like he's twenty two D Squadron. That's, it's, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, Rob Paxton, and then uh, Matt Hellier fought. Colin McRae is the name I'm thinking of. Oh, Colin McRae. Yeah, there was uh, another guy that was supposed to fight for the U.S. but he couldn't make it. He does deadly skills. Oh, Clint Emerson was supposed to fight oh. on that card. Clint is a great guy. Uh, he, I had him oh, yeah. on the show. Yeah, really cool dude. Um, look, his stuff that he teaches, you know, I, 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 I so I actually referenced uh, Clint in the article that's coming up for the Auckland shooting. Mm-hmm. His skills of, you know, you're on the other side of a door, get take off your belt and wrap it around the automatic yeah. door closer. He just saves a, your life with an idea. Yeah, he's like, carry a zebra pen. You know, a zebra pen is metal. It can go, and he, and he demonstrates with a piece of plywood. He goes yep. right through the plywood with it. And he's yep. like, and no one's going to take it from you at the security checkpoint because it's a zebra pen. Looks yep. like a pen. So, I mean, the little things that are in his little deadly skills book, you know, to keep you from dying, like what you're hey, doing. Look, what you're- but they're not little things. I mean, I said with that guy that um, turned out to be a, a drug user, the first thing I went and did was get my boots. So I teach people this, and I'm going to do a video beside my bed i have my boots mm-hmm. you can't fight in bare feet how many no. times do you see people break their hands or break their um their feet in ufc uh, so many times all the time you're not going to break your, your feet in boots you can run out naked but you got some boots on that's what right. I, that's my first weapon before i'm going and getting and i, I wouldn't do it here because in australia but before you get in body armor and a gun i'm putting the boots on so then i can then start to work up right that's like your first line your boots like hey yeah boots just like the dude tying his shoes. He's like, I'm not worried about the line. I got to outrun you, bro, because you got to run from the line and you're exactly. wearing flip-flops. <laughs> comes from the military. I don't think he would have done this in the Air Force, but in the military, general military, when we air our feet out, you'd only air one, one foot out at a time. So you take one boot off, foot powder on, air it out because you've been in the wet in New Zealand, and then you do the other one. So you got a boot on the ground at all times, like a foot on the ground when you're moving forward. you got one uh, one team or one person creating a firm base, moving, 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 and then the other one. So these simple things and, you know, the 100 deadly skills with Clint and people say little things, but those things, that pen, that zebra that, pen that, might save your life. A hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I've got a friend in the army who carries a zebra pen because of Clint and his advice. And we've had his books and all that kind of stuff through you know, it's funny how it's a small world. That's all I have yeah. to say. All right. Because here we are talking in two different time dimensions, <laughs> two different days about people that we both talk about and have yeah. these interactions. No wonder Brandon's like, Rad, get Damien on the show. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I, no, no kidding. You know, and uh, yesterday I was like, let's do it now. 
let's go now. And you're like, I, yeah, I, I was yeah, like yeah. in two hours, dude, let's, let's get, cause we're both awake, you know? And I was yeah. like, what time is it? Time? If he's awake now, I'm like, and I'm awake now. What time does it have to work for us? And I was like, 9 a.m.? Because <laughs> it's about, what, 10 a.m. in your time zone right now? Almost? Yeah, yeah. so we're coming up to 10 a.m. And, and you're so right. Uh, the small world, I, I was telling someone that I did a podcast and a radio show the other day, and I, I listed some of the guests, and she's like, how do you get these people? I was like, well, it just sort of, it's organic, it you know. It's, I'm, yeah. I'm talking to you, Phil will end up coming on in a couple of months. And it's because we, we share that same love of, helping others, I believe, without being egotistical. And we get it. You know, Brandon was, again, I, I go back to what I said half an hour ago. Brandon owns a $100 million media company plus soft rep. I'd read about him for like three or four years. I'd read his book. I read Eric and Eric's book on, on that as well. And then Raising I just men, reached out to him. Sure, sure. Yeah. Look, I just reached out to him and, and he said, yeah, I'll come on the show. And he made time during Thanksgiving and I was stunned. And because he... He knows that I can share his story to good people. And, you know, if we can share one thing that one person, sorry, one thing that helps one person on this show, then I've done my job and, and that's what I, I'm here to do. Now, do you foresee, do you have a book? Do you have anything that is going to be coming up? Do you think you'll sit down and write a memoir? Oh, that's a good question. I have actually partnered with, I'm just going to leave it as I'm going to say British. I won't say what he does. I was just say a British mm -hmm. uh, operator. And we are going to be creating an audio book first, and then mm -hmm. that's going to transcribe into a written book. And that'll be over the next year or two. Oh, I look forward to getting a copy or listening to it. You know, it's such a cool thing to have these audio books these days where, you know, you can listen like they're listening to us or watching us right now. Yeah. There's nothing like reading a good book, but, you know, the audio is is very popular these days. So I, I wish you most success with that. And uh, I know I've, I, I've had your time for about an hour and it doesn't even seem like that. Uh, it just flies <laughs> by so quick. And I, I know our listener knows I'm trying to wind it down because you've got things to get on with your day and uh, continue to stay, you know, your firefighter. Thanks for your service firefighting, by the way, over there. I'm sure everybody that you help really appreciates you being on, on site when you show up, you know, first responder. Oh, yeah, it's it. It's a, it's a great world. It really is. I haven't been, uh, haven't been on the job for six months with my broken ankle. It was, uh, it was a long-term injury, but look, I uh, popped in the station uh, uh, now and then. And look, it's, a, it's an amazing job, that one. And again, that's uh, people running towards danger. Good people doing that. Um, male and female, we have one standard over here. It's great. So look, uh, I, I love that role. a shout out? Is there a station number like over in the US? Do you got a number for your station? Hey, that's funny because I have been to uh, Orlando. I've been to Orange County, uh, the fire station there. But my fire station here in Western Australia is Claremont Fire Station. Oh, yeah? It's a great bunch of guys, small station. Uh, it, it, it's a real home. And, uh, yeah, of course, thank you for the opportunity. Who's the best cook? High. Who's the best cook? You got it. Let's, get, let's, let's start some wars. Who's the best cook there? <laughs> Who's the best? The best. Is it you? Who is it? Okay, I'll throw it out there for my buddy, Sean, all the way from Barnsley in England. He's an import like I am. And, yeah, he can, he can do a mean pork belly, that boy. Oh, there you go. There's the shout out. So if you want to be a firefighter, go join his, uh, his squad and get some pork belly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, I'm going to wind down and just remind you that we have a merch store. It's got soft rep goods in it. You can go check out Brandon Webb's new book, Blind Fear, which has just released this month. Go check it out. Get it for Christmas for your father, for your mother. Go check out the audiobooks. I'm the voice of the character Finn in Cold Fear and Steel Fear. So I'm very thrilled to have that opportunity. And I'm really pleased. And thank you, Brandon, for introducing Damian Porter to me today and having you become part of my life. So welcome to my family and soft rep mafia. I'm happy to be a partner with you here. So thank you so Brett. much. Oh, thank you, Red. I'm, I'm absolutely honored. I really am. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been great to, to chat to you. I love getting to know a person from the other side of the world uh, in an interview in, in such an organic way. And it's just been a, a pleasure. Thank you for your interview skills and, and getting the information out to everybody. You're welcome. And again, if anybody wants to go check out Damien's Instagram, it is how not to die guy. And I have to look at the ceiling because I have to say how not to die guy. So go check out how not to get die guy on Instagram, friend him and, uh, and uh, follow along and see if you can get some coaching tips. I bet you could reach out and ask him some questions too. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of soft rep, Brandon Webb and the whole cast and crew, Anton, who does my producing another shout out for you, bro. I know you're going to hear it. So thank you to Chris and Mark and everybody else. And my wife, this is rad saying peace. 
You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.